Thank you for joining us here at Second Baptist Church. Today you will be hearing one of our members teach from the Explore the Bible curriculum. The Explore the Bible curriculum is provided by Lifeway and is a curriculum that we use in our Sunday school and Bible study groups at the church. If you are able, we would love to have you join us in one of our groups. Our church meets at 301 Tomberlin Road, and more information can be found at secondbaptistwaycross.com. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Welcome to Sunday School at Second Baptist. I'm glad you could be with me this morning. I got a call this week from Miss um, Brenda Diener, and I was so happy to hear her voice and to know that she is um, getting better and that she was able to make a phone call. So we've been praying for her, and we should keep on praying for her. I told her that we would. And... Um, so happy to hear that she's getting better. Um, we're going to continue talking about the events leading up to the crucifixion today. And our the focus of our lesson this week is on the time uh, when, during that period when Peter denies Christ three times. And so they're um, the focus of the of the whole lesson is on that. And so before we begin with the verses that our book has, um, I would like to uh, read the verses that came before that, that that pertain to this part. So we're in Luke chapter 22, and I'm going to read verse 31 and down through um, 34. So this was this was right um, before he talks to them about um, get get your money bag, get your coat and a sword if you have it. It was right before that. So um, he says to Simon Peter. Simon, Simon, this is in verse 31 now of Luke chapter 22. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. But he said to him, Lord, with you I am ready to go both to prison and to death. And he said, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you have denied me three times, until you have denied three times that you know me. And that was kind of the, the end of that bit of it. We don't know, if, you know, if any response came back from Peter or, you know, how he felt about Jesus saying that, you know, I've enjoyed over the years focusing on the um, the character or the personality of Peter. Peter was a very um, spontaneous sort of a guy, you know. He came from a, I guess you might say, a sort of a rough background in, in the sense that he was a fisherman. But I also see him as being, 
having leadership qualities right from the start, you know, that he, um, he was important to the rest of the disciples. And Jesus began to give him task. And you'll notice if you read through and you focus on Peter each time that he's mentioned, you'll notice that a lot of times Peter's the one that speaks up. Peter asks the question. Peter says what everybody else is thinking, maybe. You know, and he was he was bold in that. He was willing to to speak up and ask those questions that needed to be asked. And so there's a lot of things that you can you could do a whole study if you just went through and looked at all the all of the um different conversations that are related to Peter and there are a lot of them. And so it in this occasion um Jesus was talking with the disciples and this was just before they went to the garden of Gethsemane and he says to to Peter, you know, Satan has asked permission to sift you like wheat. Um, and and he, Jesus says, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So he Jesus already knew, you know, what was going to happen with Peter. And... Um, then Peter's response, you know, was, oh, no, Lord, you know, not that, you know, I'm willing to go to prison or even death with you. I'm, I'm ready to, to fight. You know, I'm, I'm with you all the way. I, I wouldn't um, make any other choice. And then Jesus says, you know, before the rooster crows today, you will have denied me three times. I don't know if that puzzled Peter, if it hurt his feelings, you know, if it made him, took him down a notch, maybe, um, you know, if Jesus was trying to teach him that, hey, you, you, you're, you can't rely on your own strength, uh, you have to rely on me, there's a lot of different, you know, possibilities there, but anyway, that conversation took place, and then we go to the garden, and the prayer, and all of that, uh, don't fall into temptation, and then they come, Judas comes with the um, others, and they arrest Jesus. And so it's it says in the, um, you know, in one uh, place that I looked at this week, that the, the number of people that came to arrest Jesus may have been large. Um, there were Roman soldiers even with them. And if you read all four, four of the gospel accounts, you know, you get some more details in there. So we're going to, we're going to go ahead and begin to cover the, the scriptures now that our book covers. And I will tell you that, um, they took a different approach to Peter than my approach. And so I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I guess, balance that all out. So let's look first at, at uh, verse 54. This is Luke chapter 22 now in verse 54. Having arrested him, they led him away and brought him to the house of the high priest. But Peter was following at a distance. 
Okay, now in one of the other Gospels, it says that um, another of the disciples was known to the high priest's household, like the servants or, or those in the household, and was able to go in with Jesus. We don't, we don't often focus on that part, but that would have been John that was able to go in with Jesus because John records it in his, in his gospel. But John doesn't often speak of himself, you know, and say it was me that did it. He's, you know, he's a humble person and he doesn't want to mention that it was him. But nevertheless, John had been able to go into the high priest's house with Jesus. Um, but Peter was following at a distance. So, you know, obviously Peter would have followed to see what was happening and try to see, you know, how things were going. You know, right from the start, our book begins to say that this is revealing Peter's character and that he was not, um, he was, he was trying to follow at a distance to not endanger himself. And I, I don't know. I, I have a disagreement with the way that this is approached. And I'll tell you at the end, I'm, I'm just going to kind of do it that way. I'll give you my, my take on it. So Peter is following at a distance to see what's happening. And then uh, let's go on to verse 55. After they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter was sitting among them. So now the the high priest's house was probably really big, you can imagine. And then there would have been a a gate or a door that led into maybe a courtyard and then with rooms surrounding it or um you know rooms behind that courtyard and so on this occasion there were probably a lot of people that had gathered there the roman soldiers who had brought jesus in there uh the servants of the house you know other other people that had been involved maybe uh, some of the priests and scribes and those people because, uh, you know, they wouldn't have all just rushed in and gone into the inner house where Jesus was taken. And so Peter then uh, is manages to, to get in there. And in another gospel, it says that John went to the, uh, came out to the, to the door and brought Peter in. And so that's how he got in there. And so he sits down then and tries to kind of mingle in with all the other people that are sitting around the fire and just so that he can be close by and see what's going on. And, you know, John, I, I uh, imagine, is in the inner part of the house with Jesus. And so uh, then we come to the next verse, which is 56 and 57. And a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him, said, This man was with him too. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. So this servant girl 
maybe had seen Peter in the town with Jesus uh, at some point. I don't think she would have been one of the ones that had gone to the garden, you know, when he was arrested. But she probably had seen the disciples along with Jesus in the town. And she says, you know, uh, this man right here was with him also. And then he, he denies it. And he says, uh, I don't, I don't know him. And so, you know, this is the first denial, you might say, uh, of the three. Okay, and then let's read verses 58 to 60, the beginning of 60. A little later, another saw him and said, You are one of them, too. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after about an hour had passed, another man began to insist, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean, too. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. Okay. Now, you would think, okay, everybody in that area is an Israelite, and they all look the same. How could they say, okay, this guy is a Galilean, you know? But what I know that this happens because when we lived in Nigeria, we had a poster in our um, living room that was a, it was a promotional poster that we had used or we were going to use to travel at when we traveled or we had used it at an event or something. And it had pictures of faces of people from all around Nigeria, the different tribes. And I was teaching our night watchmen how to read, the two of them. And so they came in for their lesson and that poster was there and they started looking at it. And they sat there and they would say, well, this man is a Teve and this man right here is from, you know, Adamawa State and this man is from wherever. You know, they they could pick out by the facial, just looking at the faces, where those people were from within Nigeria. Now, I don't know if Peter, if this was the case where they saw him invisibly, the way he was dressed or the way he looked, uh, the way he cut his hair, the way he wore his hat, you know, something there that gave him a way to say, okay, this man is a Galilean. Or was it his accent, if he may have spoken, when, the first time he spoke, uh, when he said, you know, I don't, I don't know him, then, you know, but something there gave him away, and they, they realized, hey, you know, he's, he is one of them. And so this third time, um, you know, he denies Jesus. So now he's denied Jesus all three times. And then in uh, verse 60, continuing on now, immediately while he was still speaking, so as soon as he said, man, I do not know him, uh, immediately while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him, before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. So, somehow, they, he was in sight of Jesus. Jesus was 
maybe in the inner house and he was in the outer courtyard, but still, you know, he could see what was going on in there. And when this rooster crows then, Jesus turns and looks at him. And no words were spoken, but he knew then, okay, the rooster, he, it all came together. You know, what Jesus had said, you would deny me three times, and he's done that. And, you know, of course, Jesus, like I said, already knew that this was going to happen. But the look, you know, that he gave him, uh, you know, was to say, I told you that this was going to happen, and, and now you see that it has. And, you know, at the moment, of course, Peter's reaction uh, in verse 62, it says, He went out and wept bitterly. And, of course, he did, because he knew that he had disappointed Jesus in the thing that he had done. But... You know, at the same time, after the bitter weeping, hopefully it was a further reinforcement to him that Jesus had said, after you turn again, after you turn back, strengthen your brothers. And hopefully he remembered all of those words and was able to do that because Jesus knew that he was going to lead them. You know, and this took probably some of the wind out of his sails um, and hopefully helped him to grow as a leader and to realize that he had to fully and totally depend on Jesus. Um, he could not go under his own power. Now for the uh, now for the controversy, the disagreement that I had. You know, throughout our book, and I don't know about your student book if you've read this student book. Throughout the student book, it focuses very much on. Peter denying Jesus and how we're not supposed to deny Jesus. We're supposed to stand up. We're supposed to uh, always represent Jesus. And, you know, it's it's making a point to us that we must speak out and we must stand up for Jesus. And I don't disagree with that. But um, the person who wrote this book, or this lesson, has not probably ever been under threat of death for the decision that he has made to follow Jesus. Because if you're under threat of death, then you're going to do things a little bit differently, aren't you? And Peter, at this point, had to have felt that he was under threat of death because Jesus had been arrested. The, you know, he felt that this was not going to be good. Um, they were already probably rough treating Jesus before he ever left. And, you know, so when you're under threat of death, then um, you may make a different response than you would under normal circumstances. And we, we worked with a lot of people who were threatened with death for converting to Christianity and were even killed. I mean, we, we knew people who were killed because they were Christians. We knew people who were killed because they converted. And so 
when that happens, you have to look at that differently. You know, as a as a Christian, and and the advice that you might give to that person will be different uh, than to just say, "Oh, you have to stand up for Jesus and take whatever comes." You know, it's easy to say that when whatever's going to come might just be a little bit of embarrassment. But when someone is going to kill you if you do that, then you have to think about it. So let's, to answer this question and to, to um, let you see, I want to read out of Matthew, Matthew chapter 10. And I'm going to read about five verses here, starting in verse 16. So I want to read this little section. Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 16. This is Jesus talking to the disciples when he's going to send them out to, uh, you know, go around and heal people and things like that. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. But beware of men, for they will hand you over to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues. And you will even be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, but it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Brother will betray brother to death and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. But whenever they persecute you in one city, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. So Jesus was talking about the fact that they would be persecuted for following him. And it was, it was not if you're persecuted, but it's when it happens, because it was going to happen to all of them at times. And so these things had been taught to them. Now, what did Jesus say is the response to a time like this, a life-threatening time? What did Jesus say? Well, if you read these verses over again, you'll see that he said two things. There were two responses here. He, in the first part of it, he says, you know, if you get arrested or pulled into the synagogue and, and they hand you over, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll give you the words to say. So that's one response is that you get you get hauled in and you are brought before people and you have the words to say. But what does he say in verse 23? He says, if they persecute you in one city, flee to the next, okay? So fleeing, as the disciples did when Jesus was arrested, they fled, they ran in every direction probably. To flee then was also... Um, one of the choices because the gospel spread in this way you know as people fled from one place to another to another um, because of persecution they carried the gospel and they shared the gospel in those other places and so 
you know, I guess in my heart, I'm cutting Peter some slack. You know, I, I don't take the approach that the book says, well, he didn't stand up for Jesus, he denied Jesus, and we're not supposed to do that. Because if you if you can possibly imagine yourself in that position of being under threat of death um, because of following Jesus, then your decision-making is going to become very different. And so when we have... Christians who are coming out of um, particularly Islam, but also uh, Hinduism and some of the other religions where they would be under threat of death for making a decision to become a Christian. We have to, we have to be gentle and support them and let them uh, work through that in the way that they can because they will tell others about Jesus they will stand up for Jesus they're proud to be Christians and they they will tell who they can tell and they will stand up for Jesus and they'll be baptized but we don't we don't put them as a public spectacle with that because if we do that if we choose that for them if we say well if you, the only way you can do this is if you come out here publicly and get baptized right in front of everybody if we tell them that, we can get some people killed very easily in, a, in an environment like that. And so, you know, this is a part of my heart right here that we're talking about. And, you know, I wish I could say these things to the writer of this lesson because, um, you know, that's, that's just the way I feel about it. And, of course, you might disagree with me, and I'd love to hear from you if you do, and we can talk about it. But um, that's, I guess you might say, the second um, interpretation of this lesson, the Harriet interpretation of it and, and the reasons why. So thank you for being with me this week. Um, I appreciate it, and we'll keep moving forward. Next week we're going to talk about um, the verses that just follow right after this um, where, you know, more about the, the crucifixion. And so I'll see you again next time.